Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Gotta be feeling good about what Mike White's done today. On third and four, he'll look to throw. In zone, Wilson, a big play downfield. Wilson still going along the sideline. He's not going to go down. Allen tripped up. He could not get past Jermaine Johnson. Oh, look at the speed of Brees Hall. He's done it again. Brees Lightning, 62 yards for the touchdown. Rodgers in trouble again, and he's sacked again by Quinn Williams. What a beast, number 95 for the Jets. Listen, thank you. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for part two of the weekend mailbag, answering your questions with our friend Glenn Naughton, the editor over at JetNation.com and host of Jet Nation Radio. So let's jump right back into the mailbag, and we'll start with Michael Christopher. He asks, what package, if you were Joe Douglas, would you be willing to give up for Lamar Jackson? And would you make the Ravens say no the next three weeks, just calling every day and bothering them until they were willing to come to the table? Lamar Jackson is an interesting case because if the reports are true, he wants more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson or at least something in that neighborhood. And that's a tough pill to swallow for a guy who started to miss games and who relies on his legs primarily. Now, he could become a significantly better pocket passer, but he is several years into his career right now. And that's a risky bet when you're talking about giving up that much money and numerous draft picks to get Lamar Jackson. So remember, we did talk about Aaron Rodgers and how giving up these draft picks and having him for a year or two could potentially really hurt you in the long run or even in the short run because you won't have the ability to build out that roster the way that you need to in order to make the Jets a legitimate Super Bowl contender. Because remember, the Jets are a playoff contender now with a decent quarterback. I think we all agree about that, but they have enough holes that I don't think you can reasonably say that they're a Super Bowl contender outside of a puncher's chance. Anybody that gets in the playoffs has a puncher's chance, but they're not a team that without significant upgrades at various positions is going to be in the mix with the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, and teams like that at the very top. With Lamar Jackson, you don't worry as much about the next year or two, but you do have to think about the fact that he does seem to be breaking down and how many more years can he give you at the level that he's been playing. He could maybe give you four or five years, maybe, but players of his magnitude who rely so much on their legs tend to fade In their late 20s into the early 30s, look at guys like Cam Newton. I even worry about Josh Allen because even though he can make some great throws, he puts his body on the line. And I know he's a bigger guy just like Cam Newton was, but Cam Newton broke down doing a lot of what Josh Allen does. And I think that it's very possible Josh Allen will only have another few years before he starts to really break down with Lamar Jackson. I know that people will say, well, he got hurt in the pocket and all that. That's all true. 
but if the injuries start to pile up, eventually it's going to wear down his ability to run, and that's his biggest asset. And so what are you willing to give up for him? Are you willing to give him $250 million guaranteed? Are you willing to give up three first-round picks, two second-round picks, a third and a fourth or whatever it was to get Deshaun Watson? Because that's probably something along the lines of what the Ravens would want. But also here's the other key part of this. If the Ravens trade Lamar Jackson, it won't be to the Jets. They're not trading him in the AFC, so this is all a moot point. I think if he gets traded, it ends up being to one of those teams in the NFC South, maybe the Falcons, possibly the Saints, although I don't know how they would find a way to afford it. I'm sure David Tepper would want to go all in with the Panthers and make a move there if Lamar Jackson becomes available. So I would be willing to offer two first-round picks and pay him a significant amount of money. But as far as giving him $250 million guaranteed, giving up the Deshaun Watson trade package, I don't think Joe Douglas would do that. I probably wouldn't. And as I said, I think it's a moot point because ultimately, if Lamar Jackson gets traded, I think it's going to be to an NFC team. Yeah, um, echoing a lot of what you said, this is, again, a conversation we had yesterday. And uh, I'm kind of all out. On these guys who are going to want 30. I mean, Lamar, there's talk he might want 50. But to me, 30, 35, 40 million a year on guys with injuries, I'm out. I, I'm I'm not, as a GM, I'm not going to my owner and telling him, we're going to give up two or three ones, a few twos. We're going to pay him 50 million a year and guarantee 400 million um, to a guy who missed 11 of his last 25 games due to injury. I'm not doing it with Lamar. I'm not telling my owner that we're paying 35 million to Jimmy Garoppolo, who can't stay on the field. And I look at, you know, you mentioned Cam Newton. As soon as you started reading the question, I pulled up Cam Newton's stats before you mentioned his name because he's the guy I look at. As you said, and I've I've made this point a few times, built like a linebacker, like much bigger guy, able to absorb more more punishment than a Lamar Jackson can. And I heard this conversation the other day with it was like Keyshawn and Mad Dog, and it's oh, you're talking about a former MVP. You're talking about a guy who's done this, that, and the other. All right, well, let's look at Cam Newton. He was a former MVP. Um, he won the MVP in 2015 through 35 touchdowns and 3,800 yards. After that year, he never threw more than 24 touchdowns. And f- by year four, by 2019, he was washed. Um, now, let, let's jump on the DeLorean and go back and give Cam Newton $35 million a year in 2015 because he's a young guy with a big arm who can run the ball and just won an MVP. And you'd be paying $30 million a year, $35 million a year for a guy who's throwing 20 touchdowns and completing 58% of his passes. I'm not doing it. It's too much risk. Listen, Lamar Jackson at what, you know, a reasonable price, like maybe maybe a couple of ones and like, you know, $40 million a year, possibly. But Lamar Jackson for $50 million with, I think there's talk of him wanting it all guaranteed. And, you know, two ones, three ones, a couple of twos, a starter. That It's it's way too much. For, and and really, I, I actually make this point the other day, and, and I feel like if you, you could remove the name, if because pe- people are so in love with Lamar Jackson because what he does on the field, and that's understandable as a fan because the guy's dynamic. He does things no one else can do. But if I just came to you and said, here's a player who is one of the best at his position, but he's just missed significant time each of the last two years, 11 out of 25 games, he's been out with injury, will you guarantee him $300 million? you tell me I was crazy. You'd say, you'd say, don't even, why are you wasting your time with such a silly question? You wouldn't dream of it. But because it's Lamar and we love what he does as a player, you kind of think about it. But as you said, just like the Packers aren't trading Green Bay, aren't trading Aaron Rodgers within their conference, I think the same holds for Baltimore. And I think that they're going to, if they do ship him out, I think he goes out of the conference. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
Next question comes in from Gus Toon. He asks, if Carr was in this year's draft, where do you think he would go? Remember, he was originally drafted number 36 overall in the second round. If you're asking me where Carr would go if teams knew what he was going to end up becoming, you'd have to imagine a top five pick. How would he not go in the top five if you knew you were getting a guy that could produce the way that Derek Carr has produced and you're getting him at 21 years old on a rookie contract? Crazy to not take him near the very top of the draft. Yeah, I mean, listen, we, we talk all the time about how the draft is a crapshoot. Anytime someone says, you know, let's put this player in the draft, where does he go? As you're saying, if if you have that guarantee of knowing what he becomes, that alone, eliminating the bust factor, shoots him up your draft board. And he's, he probably is a top five pick if, if a guy like that were available in this year's class. Next question comes in from Andy Craig. He asks, where would you like to see Elijah Vera Tucker play on the offensive line, ideally next season? Ideally, I think guard because he's better at guard than tackle, but it is nice that he has that flexibility because then what the Jets can do is they can figure out what they can get in the offseason, in free agency, and in the draft. And like I said before, with the scenario involving, say, somebody like Osiris Torrance, let's say you get to number 13 and all the best tackles that you like are gone. But Osiris Torrance is there, and he's a guy that you have rated very highly. You could now take Osiris Torrance, put him at guard with Lake and Tomlinson, and use Vera Tucker as one of your tackles instead of taking a tackle and having Vera Tucker at guard. And then, of course, there is the scenario where if the Jets move on from Lake and Tomlinson at the end of this coming season, maybe they move Vera Tucker back there and they would have him with Osiris Torrance and they figure out what to do with tackle. But it gives them a lot of options even though I think he's best off at guard, the fact that he has that flexibility means that the Jets can plan what to do with him around what they're able to do with other moves in the draft and free agency. Yeah, ideally, I want him playing guard because to me, that means they figure out the tackle situation. Um, but him having that versatility is a a great bonus. I think, you know, not something to worry about now, but down the road as he approaches his free agency, AVT is probably going to look at it and say, look, teams might pay me as a tackle. So... Um, I'm either going to hit the market or you're going to pay me as a tackle to play guard. But for this for this year right now, I'm hoping it's guard because that means the tackle situation is resolved. Next question comes in from Dylan Lashway. He asks, who are the linebackers and safeties the Jets should be interested in between free agency and the draft? I know Bobby Wagner is getting up there in age, but I'd be curious to see if the Jets get in on him this offseason, knowing the relationship he has with Robert Sala from their time together in Seattle bringing him in here to help plug up one of the biggest weaknesses on the team would be interesting but again you probably want to go younger and cheaper at safety Jesse Bates is the name that sticks out to me we've seen reports that he's all but gone from Cincinnati the problem of course would be the money but if the Jets can figure that out man would he fix arguably the biggest hole on the defense because those safeties last year were absolutely terrible Bates is one of the best in the league bring him in here and that changes the game at safety immediately I'd have to take a look at some of the other names on the list. And I've said before that moving on from Jordan Whitehead is probably the smart play because of how much money the Jets can save. And quite frankly, the disappointing level of play we saw from Jordan Whitehead last year, he really wasn't very good. The Jets could save between 8 and $9 million by cutting him, I believe. And so that's something they should keep their eye on. Maybe they do that and use the money towards Jesse Bates. But obviously, getting Bates in here would be huge. If the Jets could find a way to pull it off, that would be a great move. When it comes to the linebacker and safety positions, I think safety, they're more likely to add a veteran and a guy like Bates. Obviously, if you can have him, you absolutely go for it. Um, and I, I saw that same report saying he's on his way out for the most part. 
I think linebacker might be a place where I would I would focus on the draft. Um, I do like this class a lot. There are some guys that um, I, especially you know I think there'll be some some guys outside of round one or two that you can get. Um, Drew Sanders probably goes early on. Ivan Pace I think really helped himself with the Senior Bowl. We talked about him. Jack Campbell I think would be a great get. What round he goes in? You know I think he's I think he was much better against the past this year than he was the previous season. So that'll help him there. And I, I've seen you, uh, Scott, a few times, uh, mock DeMarvion Overshown, who I think we talked mm-hmm. about a couple years ago when uh, when I said he was one of my favorite guys in this class. Dan Henley, uh, Washington State, a guy that I loved, watched him week one this year, followed him all year, saw him, you know, sort of his name picked up a lot of momentum the last couple months. So there are some good backers out there that can be had outside of the first couple rounds. I think that's where the Jets will focus at linebacker. In terms of, I wouldn't expect to, like, they might bring in a free agent. I wouldn't expect a big name free agent. Um, I think if they're going to bring in a big name, I would hope that would be somebody like Bates at safety. Next question comes in from Baker Baker 9980. He asks, I'm intrigued by Jordan Love. If Carr and Rodgers fall through, what kind of a trade package, players, picks, or both, would it take to get him? By the way, love the podcast, Scott. Thanks, man. Really appreciate that. As far as what it would take to get Jordan Love, I would imagine it would be less than Aaron Rodgers. I'm not entirely sure, but the thing about Jordan Love is, while he's not proven clearly, he offers you some major upside and a potential future because remember he's 24 years old we've seen him flash we know that he can move we know that he can run when he needs to we also know that he has a heck of an arm he can move in and out of the pocket he can run and he's very comfortable in that offense an offense that Nathaniel Hackett is going to run here with the Jets the Packers are apparently very high on him he spent three years developing in that system so he's everything that Zach Wilson isn't from that aspect in the sense that he got the opportunity to sit and learn and develop whereas Zach Wilson didn't so there would be a huge contrast in the way that the two of those guys were brought along I would love to see the Jets get Jordan Love if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay and they're not able to get Derek Carr I think he would be their best option and you could get him for relatively cheap the next two years he's due five million this year and if they pick up that fifth year option it would be 19 million so you put those two together and you're looking at 24 million dollars for two years it's a nice audition and then they could worry about a contract extension if he does well in year number four as the starter for the first time if he were to come here I'm not entirely sure what the draft compensation would be I'd be curious but I do think it would probably be less than Rogers and as you said I would be very intrigued by love if those other options don't happen if they don't get Carr or Rodgers and they're sitting there trying to figure out what to do and of course this is predicated on Rodgers staying in Green Bay if Rodgers gets traded then Love's not going anywhere but I think he should be one of the top options for the Jets if Rodgers stays in Green Bay and the Packers are forced to trade Love instead yeah I think that one of the reports that that have been sort of floating around you probably saw it this was a few days ago that you know this was one of the reports that said the Packers did want to move on and it was because they felt that Jordan Love was ready um, I, it's hard to imagine a team if, if they believe they have a first round quarterback who they've spent a few years grooming and now he's ready to go that they would have that they would actually part with him. Um, if if the Packers are willing and Rodgers isn't coming, then then absolutely you you pick up the phone and, and see what it's going to take to bring him in and uh, and give him that audition. But the Pack parting with a first rounder, um, I, I don't. It's th- that's what makes this all so interesting, Scott. Is that are they are the Packers truly in a point? where they're saying, we think it's Jordan Love's time, we're ready to move on from Aaron, which is what one report said, 
and then you get the conflicting report saying the opposite. But if if it came to that, I would absolutely, you know, as I said, pick up the phone and see if you can pry him away from the Packers. Next question comes in from Michael Christopher. He says, do you think the Jets could get Aaron Rodgers by swapping their this year's first for the Packers this year's second and maybe a conditional pick next year? Maybe it all kind of comes down to leverage. Let's say Rodgers decides he wants to be traded. And if these reports about the Raiders not really being all that interested is true, you look around and what other teams are really going to be there to be a potential landing spot for Rodgers. Can't imagine he wants to go to Tennessee. They're cutting everybody and they seem to be in rebuild mode. So I don't think that happens, even though I know he has a house there and people have made a big deal about that. Where else is he going? Look at the potential landing spots. The Colts and the Texans appear to be fixated on drafting a quarterback, which makes sense given the state of their franchises and their rosters right now. And who else is going to get Rodgers? I guess maybe if the Ravens traded away Lamar Jackson, maybe they would be in the mix. But there's a lot that would have to happen there before they would even be in a potential position to go get Rodgers. So I wouldn't count on them being a suitor. doesn't seem like a Patriots move to me, so I don't think that's happening. People will speculate about the Dolphins, but I can't see them moving on from Tua unless he goes over to them and tells them he wants to retire. I don't see them getting Aaron Rodgers. So the Jets may be the only game in town or one of only a small number of teams because they don't want to trade him into the NFC. So if that's the case, maybe the Jets would be able to get Rodgers for a lot less than what the original supposed asking price from the Packers would be. Maybe you could get him by swapping picks or having a conditional pick next year. I don't know. A lot to be determined here. As I've been saying about Aaron Rodgers, it reminds me of what Sting said just before he went into complete silence for a year and a half while battling the NWO during the Monday Night Wars. His last words before he didn't speak for a year and a half were, when it comes to the Stinger, the only thing that's for sure is nothing's for sure. And right now, that's kind of where we're at with Aaron Rodgers. The only thing that's for sure is nothing's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, it, it, as we've said, it's it's kind of it, it, we're not even into the offseason properly yet. Right. We we're, we haven't hit the free agency period. And, and we've already heard so much of this stuff that, you know, I said a couple of weeks ago, I was over it just waiting for all this to play out because it's it, it feels like it's been months already. But the, the idea of of maybe swapping picks, it, it's a good idea. You know, my, my thing early on was I said, if the Jets are going to make a deal and it's going to, you know, the Packers want all these premium picks, they, they've got to be conditional, just like the Favre deal. Like, it, it, we'll give you, we're not giving you this year's one. We'll give you next year's one if, say, we win a playoff game or make the playoffs. But so I'm certainly not just going to give up premium picks with no conditions attached and getting nothing else in return for, as we said, a guy who might be gone in a year or two. Next question comes in for Peter J. Dillard. He says, hey, guys. If the Jets sign Derek Carr, I assume that means they go tackle in the first round. But if the top three aren't there, what would you do? If the Jets trade their first round pick, should they go tackle in the second round? If not, how do they fill that tackle void? Where would the Jets play Elijah Vera Tucker? Why am I not surprised that Peter had a question about the offensive line? As I always say, death taxes and Peter worrying about the offensive line. And justifiably so, by the way, because as we've talked Absolutely. about, they definitely need to fix the offensive line. I think Joe Douglas would do everything in his power not to give up the 13th pick if he trades for Aaron Rodgers. And if he does give it up, he'll have some sort of battle plan. Bakhtiari, I'm sure, would be on the table as a possibility if they trade that pick for Rodgers and then maybe they go tackle in the second round, like you said. And then the scenario where if the Jets get to number 13 and they have the pick, 
and the three tackles that they like are gone. And of course, this is presuming that those three tackles are the ones that end up being at the top of the heap all said and done, which is certainly no guarantee after the combine and all of that. If that's the case, then I think maybe the Jets go tackle in the second round, as you said, and then go with one of the best players available at that spot at 13, maybe a wide receiver, perhaps a pass rusher. Because you can never have enough good pass rushers and certainly you can never have enough good weapons for the offense. So I think that's probably what they would do if they don't have a first round pick to address the offensive tackle spot. Then they'll probably try to do it with a combination of David Bakhtiari and a pick in the second or third round. And if they do have the pick but the tackles they like are gone, then I could see them either doing what I mentioned before, which is drafting a different offensive lineman, maybe Osiris Torrance, and using Elijah Vera Tucker at tackle, or they could go for a tackle in the second or third round and go for either a weapon on the offense at 13 or a pass rusher at 13. Yeah, I think uh, I, I pitched a Twitter poll a few days ago saying the same exact thing. You know, if those tackles are gone, what do you do? I, would you take a receiver? That's kind of what I would do. I'm probably biased. I've been a big Jordan Addison guy since watching him with Pitt a couple of years ago, followed him. And he's just been he's gotten better and better. And he's just sort of gotten to the point where I hoped he would as a fan watching him. Um, if you can grab Jordan Addison at 13, if he, you know, I, I'm assuming he'll be there and then grab a tackle in the second round. I would I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, you know, a name we didn't mention earlier, Scott, I know it's, it's unpopular among some folks, but if you can get healthy and you can get George Fant back for another year, um, you could do. And I'm not saying to start. I'm talking about draft a tackle, but you're also going to want some depth there. Fant wasn't a bad player. And you could certainly do better as a backup. Um, you know, obviously you can play both spots and is a vet guy who they're comfortable with. And the injuries were obviously an issue for him last year because he never looked worse than what he did last season. Um, so he's battled some injuries throughout his career. Maybe you don't have him as your ta- as your first tackle, but if you if you draft a guy as I say, as I said, you know, from the second round on, you grab a guy like an Anton Harrison, whose name I didn't mention earlier, but I mean he may go in the first. But the Darnell Wrights and Jalen Duncan's of the world. Take one of those guys at two, you bring in George Fant. I would take a receiver with that pick early on because it really, you know, we've talked about this with the Corey Davis thing. The receiver market has gone so insane that you've, you've got to have a bunch because you, you can't have two guys coming up, you know, each wanting 30, 35 million uh, within a year or two of each other. You're just going to lose guys with no replacements. That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Make sure you check out everything we're doing at playlikeajet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Luke Grant, has got some great videos up there. That's all on our YouTube channel right now, so check out those videos and subscribe if you haven't already. Visit our store at tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn and Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, mugs, hoodies, caps. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And make sure you give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and playlikeajet.com.